Welcome to the week with Japan Forward. I am Ariel Buzetto, a journalist at Japan Forward. With this podcast, we bring to busy people this week's news from Japan in less than 10 minutes. Have a listen. A lot has happened this week on the front of politics in Asia. First off, In the early hours of May 10th, preliminary results showed that Ferdinand Bongbong Marcos Jr. won by a landslide the presidential elections in the Philippines. Why has this come as such a surprise result? Marcos Jr. is the son of a dictator ousted from the country in 1986 after years of martial law, thousands of killings, and billions of dollars allegedly stolen from government finances. The result has therefore caused many commentators to fear for the future prospects of the country, plagued by disinformation and the economic impact of the pandemic. This has also impacts for Japan, as just in April the Japanese foreign and defense ministers met with the Philippine counterparts to discuss future prospects in the Indo Pacific. Moving slightly east, on the other hand, South Korea has seen an important week with the new president elect, Yok Suk Yol. Taking office on May 10th. Yon's speech focused on asking North Korea to abandon the drive to develop nuclear weapons. Meanwhile, however, relations with Japan still are at a frosty juncture. To mark the occasion, Japan sent Foreign Minister Yoshimasa Hayashi to the inauguration ceremony. A Sanke editorial reads that while in Seoul for Yon's inauguration, Foreign Minister Yoshimasa Hayashi met with his incoming counterpart Park Yin, who said, We cannot allow Japan South Korea relations to get worse than they are now. If you want to know more, read Son of Dictator Marcos Poised to Win Landslide Victory in Philippines Presidential Election and Editorial President Yon Show You Really Want Improved Ties with Japan on the Japan Forward website. As the war in Ukraine unfolds, Japan is one of the many countries debating its energy policy going forward. Minister of Economy, Trade and Industry Koichi Hagyuda discussed some of the aspects related to the energy crisis in an exclusive interview with Sankei Shimbun. Hagyuda explained Japan's position of not withdrawing from projects in the Sakhalin Islands, which are a source of crude oil and liquefied natural gas. The minister explained, quote, If Japan were to give up these concessions, a third country would immediately come in to take them. Even if the concessions were not handed over to a third country, if Russia trades the crude oil and LNG on the market, it is highly likely that they will be traded at a higher price than now. As a result, pulling out of the projects will only benefit Russia. Hagyuda expanded also on other aspects, such as the role of the United Nations in Russia's war. And prospects towards the upper house election in July in Japan. If you want to know more, read the article Interview, Meti Minister Koichi Hagyuda, It's Time for Japan to Step Forward, on our website. As Golden Week came to a close on May 8th, it felt like life started again in Japan. Japan Forward reporter Sean Fernando put together a report. Showing some of the locations which saw a return of tourists, including popular spots such as Mantakao, Universal Studios, and Tokyo Disney's Resort. 
the measures were put in place so that COVID precautions were still there, despite the festive mood. There were temporary testing stations and calls from local governments to keep washing hands and wearing masks. So what will the future of travel look like? It really depends on how the curve of infections progresses over the next few weeks. In May, the government announced that it will allow foreign tourists to enter the country in small tour groups, a first step since the start of the pandemic. But as Fernando writes, quote, how the trials go may well tell us when to expect a return to more normal tourism in the future. To find out more about the story, read Life Returns as Japan Takes Off for Golden Week on the Japan Forward website. Bookworms around the world will undoubtedly be familiar with Japanese author Haruki Murakami. Murakami has just published his Japanese translation of The Last Tycoon, the unfinished work by American author Scott Fitzgerald. In an interview with Sankei Shimbun, Murakami said how translating this work has made him reflect on his own creative process. He said, quote, What I'm reminded of when I translate his novels is the earnestness of those who seek ways to change themselves and find new values in the circumstances that surround them. The author also hosts Murakami Radio on broadcaster Tokyo FM, which in March dedicated its episode to the war in Ukraine. Murakami, therefore, in the interview, also commented that Russia's invasion was a meaningless, tragic war, and I hope it will end as soon as possible. If you want to find out more about what he said, read Interview, Haruki Murakami on Love, War and F. Scott Fitzgerald on the Japan Forward website. There was never a dull moment in sports this week, with various stars in Japanese sports bringing their news to the table. In baseball, Los Angeles Angels hitter Shohei Otani smacked a Grand Slam on May 9th. It was the first Grand Slam of Otani's career in Major League Baseball or Nippon Professional Baseball. Sportslook editor Ed Odivin quoted Los Angeles manager Joe Madden in his article saying, Wow, if we could keep him right there for the next several months. In the meantime, one other popular athlete is seeing a difficult time in her athletic career. Tennis superstar Naomi Osaka announced on May 9th her withdrawal from the Italian Open in Rome due to a left Achilles tendon injury. Osaka is a four-time Grand Slam singles champion and released a statement on her decision, showing her disappointment. Quote, I love this city and always enjoy playing in front of the Italian fans, so I will be sorry to miss them, but I look forward to coming back next year, she added. If you want to find out more, read Ed's article Shoei Otani belts his first career Grand Slam in route of Rays and Tennis injured Naomi Osaka to skip Italian Open on sports website Sportlook or on the Japan Forward website. Last up. If you're into hilarious reality TV, you might be familiar with Takeshi's Castle. You might be happy to find out that the show is back on Amazon Prime Video. This is a reality show which aired on TBS between 1986 and 1989 and is the brainchild of outrageous director Takeshi Kitano. It involves competitors wading through obstacles and funny pranks to reach Takeshi's Castle and win prize money and was immensely successful in Japan. It also broadcasts in over 150 countries. 
It's an interesting development that the show is set to be streamed on Amazon Prime Video and not televised, in keeping perhaps with the times. Fancy a rewatch of the show? To find out more, read the article Live Streaming Brings Revival of Popular Fun Takeshi's Castle on Japan Forward website. Thanks you guys for listening. You can get in touch on Twitter with me at Ariel Buzetto. That's all for this week. Catch you next time. Next, Meguro.